0: Welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm going to start a little different today. I'm going to start with a story, uh, something that you guys may be familiar with. Um, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 was a scheduled domestic commercial passenger flight from LaGuardia to New York City uh, on January 15, 2009. Anybody know what was special about that flight? It was a very short flight. It did not end the way it was supposed to end. it is incredibly ironic that the only two times that I have told this story, you have been in the room. That is hilarious. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so <coughs> it wasn't you. That's good. So uh, this flight uh, is a routine flight. It struck a flock of Canadian geese uh, during its initial climb out, lost engine power, and ditched off the Hudson River in Ma- Midtown Manhattan. The incident became known as the Miracle on the Hudson. you remember? So... Um, hundred and fifty-five occupants safely evacuated the airliner because the pilot ditched it in the river. And he did it in a way that was incredibly skilled. It was absolutely incredibly skilled. Um, the thing was partially submerged and slowly sinking, but everybody got off board. There were 150 passengers and five crew members. It's been described as the most successful ditching in aviation history. And the pilot in the command was 57-year-old Captain... Chesley B. Sully Sullenberger, a former fighter pilot who had become an airline pilot since leaving the U.S. Air Force in 1980, and when he was speaking with Katie Kirk, this is what he said, one way of looking at this might be that for 42 years, I've been making small, regular deposits in this bank of experience, education, and training, and on January 15th, the balance was sufficient so that I could make a very large withdrawal, which I thought was a really, really cool way of looking at this. So I need a little help this morning, so my trusty assistant's going to come up and help me this morning. Um, How many of you guys have a change, something, another at your house? It may be a drawer, it may be a jar, it may be something, but everybody has one of these, right? You have one too? Cool. Well, this one is is ours. It's in my uh, blue jean drawer. I have no idea why it ended up there, but that's where it is, and that's where it stayed for... At least seven or eight years in our house. So, so what I need this morning is I need you. You're going to take one coin at a time and drop them in there. Okay? So this is my trusty DuPont Community Credit Union bank. We could not find the bottom, so I borrowed some of my wife's. And I want to get make sure this gets on the podcast. Pink polka dot duct tape. Okay? <laughs> She didn't sip the Kool-Aid. She drank the polka dot Kool-Aid, okay? So one at a time, drop them in there while we're talking today, okay? You just keep right on going at it. So one of the things that I love about the Bible is that we get to see this arc, this storyline as it moves through time. And we get introduced to characters, and sometimes they're very young when we learn about them, and sometimes we get to watch them grow up. Um, Sometimes they're very old when when we initially find out about them. And we get to watch them mature. Um, and, and one of the neat things is that when God is taking these people and He is walking them through their life, when He is walking them through what they're supposed to be doing, on a very regular basis, they are making deposits of faith. Okay, So every single day when Abraham got up, he had to trust God because God asked him to walk off into a place that he was not familiar with and camp there. And he had to trust God that God was going to provide for him. He had to trust God that he was going to do all these neat things. And today, we're in Genesis chapter 22. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 22. <clears throat> and we'll read a few verses here. So this is the text today, Genesis 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things, and I would strongly encourage you, if you want to connect the dots from last week's lesson to this week's lesson, go back and read Genesis 15 through 21. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. So I want to pause just for a second and make sure that everybody understands that when you offered a burnt offering, you did not strap down a living thing to the the altar and then light it on fire. You killed it, then you put it on the altar, and then you burned it, okay? So this would not have been, in Abraham's eyes, the idea of lighting his child on fire, okay? We are are very clearly connected with the concept that, that Isaac would die through this, but this is not lighting him on fire, so... Offering him there is a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. So Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day. So think about that for a second if you're a parent. You're traveling with your child, and and on the third day with them, where are you going to be emotionally and mentally at that point? Uh, yeah, well, Wow, that was like the worst joke ever, wasn't it? She said, ready to kill him. I was like, ah, no. Yeah, that was just... I don't know that I can recover from that rabbit trail. That's awesome. So, it's the best answer of the year so far. You got it. <laughs> um, what I was going to think, as a loving parent, was... Um, <laughs> joking 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 insert sarcasm font here in sarcasm font okay now you're going to be in a very tough spot right there I mean this is just incredibly emotionally draining so this third day he lifted up his eyes and he saw the place far off and Abraham said to his young men stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and what's the next word we will come back and 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 I love that word. That's my favorite word in this whole story, because Abraham he did not understand. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. He did not understand how God was going to pull this thing off, but God had promised in, in Genesis twenty one that he was going to use Isaac to do this thing. So so whatever Abraham's construct was of of God and how he was going to do things, he was going to use Isaac. And do you hear the sound? This bank of faith had been built up and had been built up and had been built up so that when God came to the point where he needed to ask Abraham to make a very large withdrawal, it was ready to go. So what does it say next? So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. So so Isaac actually carries his wood up the hill. So Isaac spoke to Abraham and his father and said, My father, and Abraham said, Here I am, or and Isaac said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Which kind of implies that, that Isaac understood some of the basic fundamentals around the sacrificial system. He said, Look, I, I get the fact that, that we're going to burn something, but I don't see where that thing is. And and Isaac, he's been travelling with his dad for three days and they didn't he didn't see it there either. So verse 8, and Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, which is one of the most theologically rich verses in the entire Bible, and I've heard sermon series on that one verse. So I hate that we have to move past it, but it says, So the two of them went together. They came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, and if you know a little bit about angels, who who actually is this? This Yeah, this is actually Jesus in the Old Testament. This is how he shows up. Called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So Abraham said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And And there's a couple lessons here that we see, and, and one of them very strongly in my life is that God sees the will to do something as if you had already done it. When you commit in your heart to do a thing, he acknowledges and he gives to you the benefit of you already having done that thing. It's it's, a weird, it's it's a weird place to be in, but he had given Abraham credit for the thing that he was about to do. So what does he say here next? He says, verse 13, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram, caught in a thicket by its horns, which you go, well, who cares if it was caught in its horns or not, right? Well, it's really important because if it was not caught in its horns, if it was caught like on its leg or something and had been torn, it would not have been an appropriate sacrifice. It had to be a good sacrifice. It had to be unblemished. Thank you. Um, so the horns was really important. So not only did God provide, but he provided the right thing at the right time, the right way. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. I can't imagine, you know, when giving this, this particular sacrifice, how emotional would this be that I am looking at the thing that was the substitute for what I was about to do. That's, that's pretty powerful. Verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place to the provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And we see this story and we go, that's absolutely ridiculous. Because if you read this to a person who is not familiar with the stories of the Scripture and is not familiar with this concept that God sometimes shows up and says things. He's not done doing that, by the way. He still does this. God sometimes shows up and says things that don't make sense to us. So, So I want you to watch the video this morning, and I want you to think about how completely and totally irrational it would be if you tried to do this thing today. If God told you this story today, think about that. Anna, can you help me? Is she not the sweetest thing, I tell you? So you still have a few more to put in there. Okay. One of the... Uh, <clears throat> if you go to the back side of your handout, I'll give you the blanks, and then we'll go into the questions and the prayer time in just a second. So a couple application points here. Um Number one is, tests are coming. This this is a known in our life. They, they are going to come. Um, and they will not be convenient. They will not come at good times. They will not fit into your calendar. They will not uh, be at times that are, are joyful or pleasant. Uh, number two, God may not appear to be rational. I, I have been wrestling with this for the last few years. I, I'm not convinced that he is. Um, I don't know that he needs to be. Um, That's fit our definitions of what's rational and what's not he, he's right he's just he's holy he's perfect he is all that he is and, and whatever he does is right um, and then number three God provides because that's what he does it's kind of cool isn't it um, so and there are four coins left which four coins are they a quarter of a diamond, nickel and a penny I left those out for a reason because there are days in my life where I feel like all the faith that I can muster up is a penny. Can you put that in there? And then there are days when I'm having like a good week, you know, and I'm going, you know what, this is a good week. I have a lot more faith. And then maybe two weeks in a row of good faith. Right? And then maybe even like a whole month worth of faith. It's kind of cool. So so now the piggy bank's almost full. So what do you think we got to do with that? I think we're going to give the money to you. Um, (laughs) Um, Because that's the story, right? That's the story, is that we build up this faith not to look at it. Not to say, isn't that pretty? Not to say, okay, we build up this faith to go and use it. So what I ask is that you go and use it. Alright? That won't be hard, will it? No, not at all. She's all over it. So, personalization number one, or build up, in the parentheses, deposit the habit of obedience now. I don't know when God's going to want you to make a withdrawal and to spend that, but it's coming. That day is coming. Uh, Number two there, trust the promiser, P-R-O-M-I-S-E-R. Pretty sure he made that word up, but it is awesome. Trust the promiser no matter what. He has made a promise. He will fulfill his promise every single without fail and then number three look around for the provision because God is providing I promise you I promise you I promise you he is providing so look around for the provision because it is here it may be nickels and dimes and pennies and quarters laying around in your life that you need to gather up and use for him but it is here so take the next couple of minutes if you want to discuss those questions at the top or the discussion section and then go into your prayer time that would be great Thank you so much for coming today.